Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A huge thanks to Hum Nutrition, the sponsor of today's episode. So I have been taking my very own clients lately. I've started my own small business and I do do virtual consultations. They are very in-depth sessions and I'm not only trying to understand what my client's skincare routines are like, I'm trying to get an overall understanding of what their wellness level is like. Do they take care of themselves? What's their stress level like? How's their digestion? How do they feed their skin? What do they eat? Do they work out? Are they sleeping well? All of these things, right, can definitely play into skin health. And when something is amiss internally, usually our skin is one of the first areas to reflect it, trying to signal to us, hey, something is wrong. Let's take a closer look at the body as a whole. I don't know about you guys, but I've totally been that person just wandering through Whole Foods wondering which vitamins I should get. Hum makes it really simple and it's all about helping you find the right solution for you to achieve real results in your mind, body, and mood. Hum only uses clinically proven ingredients that are highly absorbable, non-GMO, and free of common allergens. Hum offers personalized product recommendations from a registered dietitian based on your concerns. You can use their three-minute evaluation to help figure out which vitamins and supplements will help you achieve your beauty goals. And again, these products are backed by clinical results, and they're designed to get you looking and feeling your very best, and they are shipped to you each month. So I took the quiz and it came up with some suggestions for me based on my goals and improvements I'd like to see in my body. I tend to want to focus on gut health, which is so tied to the skin, and probiotics and digestive enzymes are a couple of things that I have realized can really help my body to break down food and just function better as a whole. So I take the daily cleanse, which is a mix of detoxifying herbs and minerals that can help reduce breakouts and improve skin clarity. I also take their Skin Squad Pre and Probiotic, which is nine ultra-targeted strains of good bacteria that balance the gut, reduce non-cystic acne, and helps to improve dry skin. And then lastly, Flatter Me, which is a blend of digestive enzymes and herbs that help break down carbs and fats to help reduce bloating, which is always kind of a sore subject for me, and help to improve digestion. With cold and flu season approaching and everything going on right now, we got to stay on top of our well-beings, get your sleep, 
eat right, take your vitamins, manage your stress. To help boost your well-being in the ways that you need it most, you can take Hum's quick quiz and get individualized product recommendations from their team of registered dietitians to help bring your skin, body, hormones, and mood into balance with Hum Nutrition. Use my code TREATMENT and you can get 15% off your order of $29 or more. Plus, with flexible subscription options and super chic packaging, I really look forward to taking my vitamins every day, and it's insanely easy to stay on top of your daily dosage. That's humnutrition.com to take the quiz and code TREATMENT for 15% off your first order. Take care of yourselves, guys, and enjoy the show. You're listening to The Treatment Room, a safe haven for estheticians and beauty lovers alike to indulge in all things skincare. We've got a lot on the books, from interviews with experts and estheticians to sessions with me one-on-one dedicated to helping you find your glow and reach your professional potential in this ever-changing spot industry. I'm Tess and I'll be your esthetician and host. Feel free to relax, Take a deep breath and grab a comforting cup of tea. Welcome to the treatment room. Hello, treatment roomies. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to season two. We're in it. We're doing the damn thing. Today, I am so honored to talk to one of my former coworkers and good friends, Kaylee Mann. She is a certified integrative nutrition, health, and confidence coach and the founder of her very own business, for which I'm so proud of her. It's called Best Feeling Forever. The goal of her business is to listen to her clients without judgment, to truly hear what's happening in their lives and with their relationship with food, and to be the BFF right alongside her clients as they heal. In this episode, we dive into leaving our corporate jobs and how Kaylee overcame her toxic relationship with food, healed herself, and went on to launch a business aimed at helping others strengthen the relationship with food and themselves. Best Feeling Forever is founded on a twofold belief that as women, we should be able to access our best feeling forever and that in order to thrive, we must learn to be a best friend to ourselves. In this episode, we talk business, self-confidence, and where to even start if you're thinking about beginning a health journey. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tess Zolli, and today I am pumped. We have an absolute gem of a person and guest and health coach with us. Her name is Kaylee Mann, and she is actually somebody I met at my 9 to 5 at E! News. And it's so cool, I think, to see how we have both evolved since then. But especially anytime I see somebody digging deep into their soul and trying to figure out what they can do with their life to have purpose and inspire others, I'm really touched. So I know we have so much to talk about with Kaylee as a health coach. And I know you guys are going to take away a lot from this episode, whether it's how to start your health journey or how to start a business. So welcome, Kaylee. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So excited to have you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes. So 
I'm Kaylee. I am uh, a 32 year old woman who has just recently gone through a massive career change uh, that I'm thrilled to share about. Um, I live in Los Angeles with my husband, Zach, and I, I know he's an angel. He's really just the purest, sweetest soul. I don't know what I did to deserve that. Anyway, <laughs> because you are also the purest, sweetest soul, and it's Thank a match you. made in heaven. Yes. Thanks. Um, I am a health and confidence coach. I launched my business, Best Feeling Forever, in July. Yeah, July of this year. And I work with women one-on-one on achieving their health goals and helping them heal their relationship with food, with their bodies, with themselves. And it's all because I've been through that journey myself. And I really wish that I would have had someone to help me through that in the way that is comfortable and isn't so much um, like a therapist situation or going to a rehab facility. Thankfully, I never had to do that. I didn't get to that point. But I, um, I really believe that within every woman, she has the power and the magic to heal herself. And it's my job just to help women uncover that power within themselves. That's already there. It's just about accessing it. I absolutely love that. And I love that it's not just the health, but the confidence piece. I feel like that is so huge in a health journey. And I'm excited to hear about your personal health journey. I know with me, it's like, I've had this autoimmune thing for years and I've spoke with so many nutritionists and holistic nutritionists. And it always sort of felt like certain foods and things were in the good or the bad category. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just, there's so many things that can trigger people to have these negative feelings and behaviors. And I wish there was somebody who would have told me these foods will benefit your autoimmune disease. And it's good to know, you know, what can trigger things and help you in the long term, looking at the big picture. But the piece that's missing is sort of the psychological piece and Mm -hmm. what that restriction that really, I think is damaging to people. Mm -hmm. And I wish somebody would have told me everything has value even a piece of chocolate has value for you in that moment. It's about happiness and confidence in you and your choices. So I really Mm -hmm. commend you, Kaylee. Thank you. Yeah. So much of it is how do we ease the pressure that we put on ourselves? That's a lot of the work that I find that I do with myself and with other women. It's an ongoing journey. And, you know, I grew up in an era of I loved magazines and I loved fashion and I went to school for magazine journalism. And it's very much been something that has been a part of my life. And if you grew up in the early two thousands and you were reading a magazine, food was defined as good and bad. And there started to be really a health revolution and that people were understanding what ingredients were and how ingredients affected them. And when you're a young person who's curious and you're a sponge, I took in all of that information and I lived by it. 
I didn't just take in the information and, you know, take what worked for me, what I liked, what I didn't like. I took that as the word and I abided by it while also pairing that with this ideal of a certain body type that I thought I needed to have. And that, among other factors, just spiraled me into an eating disorder that had a very intense grip on me from about age 17 until 21 or 22 is when I really genuinely started to recover and heal. And a part, a massive part of my healing journey was learning that foods weren't going to hurt me and that I could have a Dorito and be fine the next day and not like I was going to gain 10 pounds overnight, like a magazine would have me believe. And my journey since then has really been learning, as you were saying, how to understand and believe that all foods really do have a value. I mean, I love eating really what you would call super healthy foods. I love eating one ingredient foods and combining them together. But I also had a crunch wrap supreme the other day. <laughs> And that's fine. Guess what happened? Nothing. I'm good. I'm, I'm here. I had an amazing run the next day. Like I was energized, ready to go. So it's learning how not to beat yourself up over just wanting to eat what you want to eat too. And learning what that personal balance is for you. And I, I can imagine, and I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, with you and your journey, it's been so many doctors telling you what to do, what not to do, but not really having the support to feel okay about what is, what feels best for you. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And thank you so much for opening up to us and being vulnerable with your story. It's really sad to think about like a precious little Kaylee or a Tess or whoever's watching 17 years old, for me, 14 going to nutritionists and trying to understand what's even happening in my body. And mm -hmm. like you said, Kaylee, just you are like a sponge. We are so impressionable and it's everything from magazines to even, unfortunately, sometimes people who have good intentions, who are doctors, these messages we can extract, you know, a certain piece of it and really, again, have that damaging long-term belief system. I wanted to mm -hmm. ask you, like, when it comes to, it's not an easy process trying to change that. What do you think is, like, the first step somebody who's maybe listening and identifies with our stories and wants to have a better relationship with food? What would be, like, a good first step? in the, in a positive direction? I think a really good first step is assessing where you are and assessing where you want to be and envisioning what this future you feels like. And then really taking a look at what you can do to start that journey to get there. And everyone's first step is different. For me, language was a really big shift removing good, bad, guilty, guilt-free, indulgence, mm -hmm. cheat day, uh, removing any kinds of that language was really, really helpful for me. 
especially as someone who is a writer and loves words. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was a really great way for me to start healing. And then another great next step is honestly trying the things that scare you. So for me, I remember going out for my 21st birthday in college with my best friend, Ashley. And the end of the night, we went to this place. I went to school in Ohio at Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. And there was like this hot dog stand called Obetti's. And I got at the end of the night, I got this like veggie dog that had like chili and cheese on it. And I ate it. And it was so satisfying, like more satisfying than anything I'd eaten in years. And I woke up the next day and I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I am totally fine. And guess what? I'm actually hungry again. So it's time to eat. So I think it's really taking a moment to acknowledge where you are and where you want to be. And then honing in on what is a a big trigger for you. So for me, it was language. And then taking actionable steps to either remove that language was important. And then also for me and what, what my fears were, I had to get over trying these foods that I had deemed bad for so long. And I still find, you know, I'm 32 and I still find that there are things that I am trying again that I haven't tried in years, not because I'm afraid of it anymore, but because I genuinely forgot it existed. And it's actually a part of what I do on TikTok. It's like these foods from childhood that I either didn't have or had before I fell into my eating disorder and like kind of trying them again, even though I've never explained the entire backstory of this on TikTok, because it's just like a fun thing. But I've I've kind of been like, oh, wow, I remember I didn't have this food for so long because it was it was triggering for me. And then I would, you know, go to the gym and try to burn off anything that I ate. And now I can have it and and eat it and enjoy it and also have it around the house. And it's totally fine. And that's a huge victory in my book. Absolutely. And yeah, I think everyone, maybe not everyone, but a lot of us have that development of the fear and the, this is going to happen to me if I eat this. For me, Mm -hmm. it was even as extreme as a banana in my smoothie. I was taught that's high sugar, that's inflammatory, you know, stay away from that. It needs to be berries and spinach and like how boring and sad does that that get every day making the same thing. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing, Kaylee, because you really, I think it's setting people up for a lifetime of success. Sure, you can have progress markers if if you do want, you know, physique to your physique to look a certain way or, you know, you want your diet to look a certain way, but are you happy? Do you miss out on going to get whatever treat it is with your girlfriends or sitting Mm -hmm. in a restaurant and feeling like, I know I used to feel like looking at a menu, I was like, oh shoot, I can't have this. Like I should have looked at the menu ahead of time and figured Mm -hmm. out if it was like a safe place for me to be. And I think in the long term that just becomes really alienating and isolating. 
it completely can be. And if you don't mind, may I ask you a question? Please, I'm an open book. <laughs> so where you are now, are you able to go places freely and order? and Or have you tried like the banana in your smoothie? How's that going for you? Yes. So I think like, honestly, I don't know if I would call it like an eating maybe it is an eating disorder, but it wasn't until I started to see other people on social media sort of talking about like their conflicting behaviors and ideologies when eating food. Like, I think it really opened my eyes because I, for so long, just felt like one way was the right way. And I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. And I think, gosh, health and wellness as good intentioned as it can be, I think it sort of evolved to a place where I think the future looks so much better now that people like you have a a voice on social platforms. Um, But I just for so long thought that was normal and what I should be doing. So I think like you said, it's sort of the awareness is the first step of sort of realizing certain things aren't quite right and they're restrictive and restriction is not healthy on any Mm -hmm. level. So yes, for breakfast this morning, I had my little sliced frozen bananas with peanut butter and I loved it. It was a treat. It got me (laughs) a little, you know, sugar energy to do this podcast and I feel fine. Like it doesn't need to be something I have every day, but I'm, I think, it's a truly a slow process and I'm not ready to say like, I feel perfect about food because I think Mm -hmm. like for me going to a fast food restaurant and ordering like a Crunchwrap Supreme, I think that would be really hard for me. And I know part of it is how I know I'm going to feel after, which is really not good. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's something actually people, I don't know if people talk about enough, like people with gluten intolerance or autoimmune disease, like what is their relationship with food and how can it be approached so they have sustainability long-term? Because I will have a a flare-up and not feel good if I, you know, eat Mm -hmm. certain things. So it's kind of a weird fine line. Right. And I think that really comes back to, it's so, also what you were saying earlier about looking at different influencers and people in the space, the health and wellness space, and everyone's different roles and what works and doesn't work for them. It's, it's the same thing with what you're talking about now, where it's, you have to stop at a certain point, you have to stop looking outward for your answers and you have to start turning inward and Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what your, the foods that work for you and don't work for you are going to be. And it's just based on what you know and can recognize within your body. And it's also being able to explore enough to realize that maybe it's the way it's cooked or not cooked. Is it different if I have it raw or if it's cooked? Is it different if I have it closer to my cycle or at a different point in my cycle? Is it different if I have it in the morning or at night? And allowing yourself the flexibility to experiment within that, of course, not pushing it too far where you're making yourself ill all the time, but just allowing yourself the space to say, 
okay, that didn't make me feel so great. I'm going to move on. Maybe I'll try it again in a couple weeks and in a different way and see if that's it. Maybe it's a quantity thing. Maybe it's a quality thing. Who knows? But I think the who knows actually is going to be ultimately you. No one else can really tell you. You have to be able to be so in tune with yourself that you can find what works and what doesn't work. Yes. And I, I love that about your business, best feeling forever. Like Mm -hmm. it's a sustainability approach. And I think it's something like even learning on a micro level to eat intuitively, I think it can really translate to life and your life decisions. And like, I'm sure once you sort of allowed yourself to even like eat in a way where you felt free like I'm sure it opened up a whole realm of possibilities and like look at you now doing something that feels good to you which is helping Mm. other women yeah it's so true because I have a tendency in my personality to work really well within systems and within order and too much of an order can become disorder. And with my food, if that had to be super regulated and my issues kind of came up around closer to my senior year of high school, when if you look at it, there's so much stress, there's so much pressure. There are so many things that are out of your control that Mm -hmm. I turned to something that I really could control. And it's interesting that the freer I became in my food and within my body, the more I felt a pull to kind of break outside of the norm and break outside of thinking I needed to have this nine to five career. Now, I mean, I'm jumping ahead by like 10 years, but still (laughs) you go, why am I living within this system that is not making me feel my best? And I also want to say that Uh, I'm very well aware I'm not going to feel my best all the time and no one is, but it's about learning and accessing tools within you to help you get back to that feeling. I think the best feeling always includes the worst feeling that it's going to happen. And it's about reconnecting with yourself and being so connected that you know what to do to get your way back to the best feeling. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to ask you, Kaylee, because I think a, a lot of my audience members can relate to the journey of feeling like maybe their nine to five isn't a forever thing. And some of them are sort of having that epiphany now. How did you know it was time to step away from that system that you were comfortable in and take a leap into something that was more unknown? I love this question I'm, I'm because I really hope it doesn't take women to get to this point to make a move. But yeah, I mean, Tess, you know how stressful our work situation was. So yeah. We worked together at E and that at that point in my career, it had been, oh gosh, you know, eight years of working in social media, working in the office environment. And at mm-hmm. that point, I was so stressed and there's such an emphasis on mental toughness. And I think sometimes you can be a little bit too mentally tough because if if you, if that system doesn't work and you're being a little bit too intense, because for me, it's like, 
I will give everything in my life to this job, to make Mm -hmm. this work, to make this successful. But that pushed me past my limits. And it was only until my body started breaking down that I was like, I cannot do this anymore. So in my last few months at E, I was having serious, I didn't really know it at the time, but anxiety attacks. I would walk into work and I would feel sick to my stomach all day. My hands would be shaking all day. I was unable to eat. I was barely sleeping. I had no sense of a social life or any kind of balance in my life. Mm -hmm. And I just got to a point where my body was really breaking down and I barely even could like recognize myself in the mirror just because my face, while I, I didn't have a drastic like weight loss or anything, but my face just had no color to it anymore. And my eyes looked hollow and it was like, my soul has left the building and <laughs> where is she? down. Where is she? I need to find her. And I told myself it was red carpet season. And I told myself, okay, if I still feel this way at the end of red carpet season, that's it. And as you know, the last show of carpet season of red carpet season is the Oscars and the Oscars were on a Sunday. And on Monday I walked into our boss's office and I told him I was quitting. So (laughs) it just was not, it was not working for me. And then the journey after that point was still, you know, I tried social media again in a more comfortable setting where I was working with Mm -hmm. a friend and working from home and it still just was not working out for me. And it was still stressing me out way more than it should. And by the way, I think there are people who are incredible at what they do and they're able to find a balance that's better than what Mm -hmm. I could. I just personally couldn't find that for me. And I felt like the only time I wasn't working was when I was sleeping, if I could sleep. So unfortunately, it took my body breaking down for me to finally put my foot down. But my advice is to, I I really hope everyone can find it (laughs) faster than that. But I really think when you start to feel a pull, like I felt like when we moved from Uh, the building on Wilshire to the Comcast building, I literally felt like Mm -hmm. I could see myself. I felt like I was watching myself from the outside, walking into the building and like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? This is not it. And so I feel like there was this like innermost self was talking to my ego self and they were, they were really starting to separate and like kind of almost be at war, but I have a really hard time giving up. (laughs) And I also had no plan. I, it was the only time in my life I've ever moved on from a job without having something lined up, but naturally within like a couple days, I already found something else that I was going to do. But (laughs) of course, but what, when I finally got to the end of like the social media career rope, that's when I took a complete full pause. I took yeah. about like a year where I did not, I didn't make a move towards what my net, my next big career was going to be. I instead mm-hmm. got a job somewhere local, very close to where I live, 
called Hilo Liquor in Culver City, and I was a market buyer for them, which means I managed all of the snacks, and snacks are my passion. <laughs> and I was only in the shop two days a week, but I made such wonderful friends with the people who worked there. I got to meet locals. I was face-to-face with people. We're talking about wine. We're talking about IPAs that I know nothing about. <laughs> We're talking about you know, just really connecting with people about things that they like. And it was such a good energy that it really created a space for me to be able to explore what I wanted to do and then pursue that further. I'm so glad you gave yourself time because my mom always says this, like, and she would say it a lot after, you know, we would wrap something like a red carpet or a big thing and I would have a few days off I would be so tired and lethargic Mm -hmm. and I'd be like I don't know why I'm so tired like my patterns haven't really changed and she'd be like honey you're like recovering now from like you know working so hard and being so on and we really are a lot of us pushed from high school, it starts like this pressure, like you were saying you were experiencing to feeling like you have to get that first job, like, and there's so much glamour around like the corporate world and the nine to five. And we think that's the right way. So I'm so glad you took that rest period and a breather and were able to just like process everything that had happened to you. And I remember like talking to you and asking like, what's next? And, you know, you kind of saying, I don't have an answer yet. And that is so okay to take Mm -hmm. time. You need any time and just say, I need to think about it. Like I need to process what has happened and figure out how I can set myself up to be in a position where maybe you feel in control for the first time and you can think about your why and what you can do that's going to give you a feeling of living to your highest purpose. And I'm so glad you found that. How did you decide, like, what was the moment after you took your your break and you were this shop? How did you decide I'm ready to start a business? Well, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm pretty sure I can't work under anyone else right now. (laughs) Yeah. And I really had always admired, I have, you know, girlfriends who've started their own businesses and I've always admired that and really aspired to have that. And I actually started thinking about going to IIN, which was the nutrition school that I went to. I started thinking about that probably when I first graduated college back in 2010, but I'm really glad I didn't do it then. It would have not been the right timing for me. And then I thought about it again, probably a year before I actually even signed up for school. So it had always kind of been there. Mm -hmm. And then it just kept coming up in conversation. And I was like, I just got to do this now. Like everything is telling me to do this. And I, at that point I did know, I, I knew I wanted to have my own business. I knew I went into school with the full intention of graduating and launching a business. I had a very clear, I just knew Because when I launched, when I had my blog in college and right after college, Snack Face, Mm -hmm. I've had, I shared so much of my journey then. And I have always had women come to me, even back then saying, I'm going through this. 
I am in the middle of it and this is my journey, but reading your journey has helped me so much or people reaching out for advice or, and I've been so extremely and incredibly touched by that. And also very inspired because I have always had this pull to, to help people. And I wanted to figure out a way to really have a structure for being able to help people and being able to coach people. And so once I really finally was like, okay, all signs are pointing to IIN, I'm going to do this. I started the advanced program in August of 2019. I graduated in March of 2020. It was the middle of a pandemic, so I did not launch my business then. (laughs) But I did instead take on 10 clients for free because I wanted the experience. And I also felt like this was really a time where people need help or at the very least someone to just talk to. Mm-hmm. And I took on those clients and it was the best decision I have ever made <laughs> uh, because it was, it was not the right time to launch, even though I really had been hoping that was a good time, but also everything works out the way it should because the name for my business didn't come to me until April. So I'm very much like, I need to know the name of what I'm doing before I can build out from there. That's just what my process is. But I've actually kind of forgotten what your initial question was, but (laughs) (laughs) that's a long way of saying I, I did kind of always, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but yes. you know, with launching my blog in college and everything, and I've always wanted to have my own projects that I was working on. And I think I just came to the conclusion after also like spending any amount of time on LinkedIn drains my energy completely. It's so oh. not the right thing for me. me so I was like, okay, I got to do this on my own. This is just, this is the only way. And, yeah. and i just have to go for it. Yeah. And you yeah. did. Um, yeah. And you answered that so well. I was asking like, what was the launch process? And mm. I think that's really helpful for people to understand you can start. And I think it's, really interesting. You had that approach where you took people and you gave something for free and that helped you sort of get a broader scope of how it was going to look like, how it was going to play out. And especially mm-hmm. dealing with, you know, you're, you're talking to people who have a very personal relationship with food and what you do is so personal. It's, it seems like a business that would be a little bit difficult to know exactly what the sessions are going to look like, mm-hmm. how every experience plays out and how you can help people without having that experience first and sort of having a little soft launch and, and going from there. Yeah, it also worked out perfectly because so I am a, a certified health coach through IIN, but now I'm going to be I'm working toward becoming a board certified health coach. And I didn't know this until like last week, but in order to take that exam, you need at least 50 hours of health coaching experience with actual clients, not like with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know this, but I've I've doubled that in that time. But had I not done that, you know, starting in March, I don't even know what I would do right now. And also those for that first round of clients helped me really build the foundation for 
what the program would look like. Program being a three month program versus a six month program versus a year, you know, those types of things. I don't, I get, I don't like the word program because it's confusing because it sounds like I'm going to give everyone the same thing. Like, oh, this is my program. This is what you do. That's not it at all. Every person is so individual and every session is so individual and unique that I don't even know what to predict going into it. And that's the exciting part because I get to hear how people have been doing what they would like to work on. And we assess from there. And it's, I think it's also kind of the tie-in with why I liked journalism so much is the story aspect. I've always loved hearing people's stories. And, and now that I'm a coach, I really, the strongest tool that I can have is being an active listener. And I, (laughs) I get to do that all the time now. It's great. (laughs) We honestly are like kindred spirits. I relate so much to things you say and, I like my passion for beauty and skin started with magazines too. I ended up going to school for beauty journalism and it's, I think it's clear if you're somebody who enjoys storytelling, it's something that will follow whether you're, you know, writing a story or sharing on TikTok or Mm -hmm. YouTube, or it's just sort of in your nature. And I think that's cool. People can take aspects of their personality and, really explore different avenues. Like the one thing with aesthetics is I never want somebody to watch me in the treatment room and think that's what an esthetician is. Like that's all it is because everyone has unique things about them and different skills and ideas. And I think there's so many ways to have a unique business model using your strengths and doing what feels good to you. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. Had to say that. Love that. It's so interesting because we have these passions, but the form in which we get to express these passions can change and evolve yes. and grow. And yes. I think that's so beautiful and so exciting. I love that about life. Like who knows what what we're going to be doing in five years or 10 years. It's so thrilling to me. I love the unknown. <laughs> it is thrilling. And like I'm guilty of this all the time when I feel like, you know, maybe pursuing a different path, I start to feel a little bit guilty. And I'm like, no, I need to continue what I started. Like it has to be this way, but really doesn't. Like I think in the pandemic and beyond, it's okay to shift. And I think maybe our theme here is like doing what feels authentic and good in the moment, like being aware of the future, but not letting uh, social expectations, like dictate what that looks like. Absolutely. Everything really is an evolution. We're constantly changing. Our bodies alone are constantly changing. Every cell in our body Mm -hmm. overturns every seven years. So like you're basically an essentially whole new human. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So to think that we emotionally and mentally wouldn't also continually be overturning and and changing and growing and evolving it would be a mistake to think that we don't do that as humans yeah yeah I completely agree and that's why I don't want to make like a berry smoothie every day for the rest of my life (laughs) exactly life's too short 
when it came to, you know, your education and, and what you apply to your clients, are there certain takeaways that sort of surprised you or anything you would want to pass on to the listeners? Well, something that I loved about the schooling that I did at IIN, which I think is really interesting and also has a lot to do with how I believe things are, is that within one week of school, you would watch a lecture about someone who is all about a paleo diet. Like this is Mm -hmm. it. They've built their entire business off this. They have books about it. They do this wonderful presentation. And by the end of it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I need to be paleo. This is so fascinating. And then the next presentation or lecture would be someone who is like the paleo diet is terrible for you or, you know, Mm. or or is completely vegetarian or vegan or something. So the school allows you to grapple with that and say, one woman's food is another woman's poison. Mm. And the biggest takeaway of the school is the concept of bio-individuality and that truly no two humans are the same. And what works for someone is not necessarily going to work for someone else. And that's why the foundation of my business is about turning inward and seeing what makes you feel your best. I can't look to anyone else to figure out how to make me feel good. I can't follow anyone else's diet. I can take suggestions and ideas, but it's up to me to to try things out and see what works the best for me. So that's what I help other people do. And I'm really glad that the school didn't try to sway Mm -hmm. me in one way or the other. It really leaves it up to you. Yeah. Thank you for taking my maybe confusing question and having such a brilliant answer. Like (laughs) that's surprising to me. And I love that. (laughs) That was sort of the philosophy and they allowed you to come out with your own unique thing because I think, you know, we hear so much about paleo or keto or when the Netflix movie about a plant-based diet came out, like it can really shift somebody's mentality. And, you know, like you said, they can be a sponge and absorb that. Like I know my boyfriend went out and went plant-based after watching that. I think he felt good, but it's Mm -hmm. just, I think it's good. Like you're saying to like be receptive to this stuff, but sort of have a mindset of you can set healthy boundaries. You can take what you want from it. You can learn, always be learning, um, but Mm -hmm. also be intuitive to what feels good to you. How long did your boyfriend last with his entirely plant-based diet? So funny because he is like the most, just a jock, like baseball coach, like loves loves Taco Bell, loves In-N-Out, like very, uh, love it. A, a guy's guy, love. if you will. Um, <laughs> so at the time it was funny cause he, we met when he was living in his office. He, this was, you know, his job working on a baseball team. Um, he wasn't making a crazy income from it yet. So he was living in his office, if you can believe it. Um, wow. and he was, he was really limited with, what he could eat because he was, you know, buying things mostly from cans. He didn't have like a kitchen situation unless he came over to my house. So I think the, the amount of prep 
was a little bit unsustainable like for his lifestyle Mm -hmm. he felt good doing it but I think he really kind of got caught up in this is what you know athletes are now saying like is the new gold standard for performance and these are all the great points from from the movie and sort of look to that as the reason he should have this diet so who knows like how we would have felt doing it long term Are there things that he's taken from that experience and that time that he uses now? Yeah. So I think it was really eye-opening and he realized like you can make a great dish just making the most of vegetables. And I think it was beneficial in the long term because he realized breakfast doesn't have to be like sausage and eggs. (laughs) Right. You know, or like a breakfast burrito with meat. It can... he can have more variety. So I think in the long run, maybe it was beneficial. See, that's amazing. And I think that's what it's all about is a variety. It's a variety of foods, yeah. it's a variety of types of exercises. It's a variety yes. of, of different types of enjoyment within your life. And I think, I think it's awesome that these things like documentaries and books and trends bring people's awareness to certain aspects that could be really beneficial to someone. But I think it's a very American thing to think that we have to be all one thing or all the other thing. And it's really about being able to kind of take from whatever works from you or whatever works from whatever you've tried and like combine it to what works for you. I just think we get into, we fall into very either or thinking in the United States. And I don't think it has to be that way. I don't either. And yeah, he's somebody who's like done keto, like did the plant-based thing. Like, and now we kind of just eat in a way that feels, feels good. We'll go get in and out, but, and sometimes we'll make a vegan dinner and enjoy that. And I don't know if he would have done that before. Um, Or, you know, sometimes we'll make a, a nice steak on a rare occasion. But um, I think we are happier because of it. And I feel I feel like I'm in a, a good place where I can enjoy a variety of foods and not feel shame. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said, like trying new forms of exercise can be empowering. Like I love weightlifting now and that – you know, really caught me off guard. I used to think it had to be Pilates and paleo diet, you know, Mm -hmm. like when that was sort of a trendy thing. And I looked to certain influencers who were doing that, but I enjoy taking things from, from different people and seeing what feels good. That's so awesome. It makes me so excited to hear that. I love, and here's, here's the thing, a healthy lifestyle must be sustainable. So what's the most sustainable thing for you? It's a combination of things. It's trying things. It's it's pulling from all these different things to make you feel good on that given day. And I love hearing about the switch to weightlifting. I recently made a switch to incorporating more Pilates in my life because I'm such a weightlifting, hit, running, got to sweat, be intense kind of girl. And I'm learning how to have more balance in that way too. That's so interesting. Yeah. And you can find your own way with things. Like I thought, you know, 
weightlifting wouldn't be for me because of, you know, how I see other people doing it. And I was intimidated. Mm -hmm. But now I realize like, I love it because I can be chill with it. I can take my time. I can lift heavy and it feels good in that moment. And then I can rest. I can come back to it when, you know, it feels right. And it's still Mm -hmm. a challenge, but it doesn't have to be this thing where for an hour I'm suffering, you know? (laughs) That's so true. It's actually weightlifting can be almost relaxing in a way where you're just, you do your sets, you rest in between you know, you can check your phone. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It caught me off guard. And I I like that about life and fitness and health and, you know, being open to things. And yeah, I think there's so much, so much goodness in life comes from trying out those things you, you thought you should say no to. Kaylee, I wanted to ask about the confidence piece of your business, because I think that's huge. And something I hear a lot, especially women who are entering like the treatment room, and it's a position as an esthetician where you want to make other people comfortable and feel calm and relaxed. But also for a lot of these women, it's something new. It's a new career. And they feel a lot of times like they're the nervous one and Mm. they feel like you know, guilt and shame with that. And they feel like maybe their hands are shaky or they don't know how to talk to somebody or they have social anxiety um, because you're interfacing with new people all day. Do you have any sort of tips or insights as far as confidence? The way we talk to ourselves matters. The way we talk to ourselves informs our brain on we can convince ourselves like if right now if I think hard enough and tell my body that I'm swimming in a pool it can start to believe that so Uh we need to be very aware of the way that we speak to ourselves if you're going into a treatment room and it is you know one of your first few sessions and you're like, oh my God, I'm nervous do I even know what I'm doing like I I, should I even be doing this right now oh my God (laughs) Got to take a moment, take a deep breath, and flip all of that on its head. I do this sometimes too before I go into sessions with a new client. I say, Mm. everything I need is within me. The answers will come to me. I am clearing this space to allow everything that needs to come through for my client to come through. Mm -hmm. And I trust that everything that I need and that we need in this session is going to take care of itself and it's going to show up. So, and you also have to just be like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. I really know what I'm doing. I have so much education. I studied so hard and Mm -hmm. I've done this. I can do this again. It's really about flipping that on its head and being able to kind of stop yourself in that moment of panic, in that Mm -hmm. moment of nervousness. And also another thing, nervousness can be a really good thing. It's excitement in like a different outfit, but mm-hmm. it's it shows that you are alive. Like how alive do you feel when you're nervous? There is nothing but that moment. So maybe kind of think of it in a positive way. I remember I did this, I did this, <laughs> 
live singing thing uh, last year or two years ago now because it was a fear that I had always had. And I love singing, but singing alone on a stage is really terrifying for me. And the day of, I was just so nervous. I really thought I was going to poop my pants. I didn't. <laughs> um, and, and Zach said to me, he was like, what would Lin-Manuel Miranda say about being nervous? He would probably say it's like the best thing that could possibly happen to you because it shows that you're alive. And I was like, yes, you're so right. I mean, I still felt nervous when I got up there, but I used it to fuel me instead of using it yeah. to inhibit me. Yeah, I think, yeah, everything you said is so applicable. I'm so glad you said that because you can really tap into that energy. And I know it's hard, but try mm. to shift it for the best. And I try to acknowledge, like, honestly, I never thought I'd have a podcast or a YouTube thing. I was always somebody who was terrified of public speaking, like dropped out of the class in college. Um, if I had a presentation in high school, like other kids get nervous, but I would have crippling anxiety where I thought about it for the whole week and I knew it was coming and I would get up there and like black out and not wow. just not be able to be myself. And I think it's it's been like all these little baby steps of trying to do what you said, Kaylee, like talk to myself nicely and something I try to do is think about like taking myself out of the equation. And mm. like you said, like realizing the session, you want to be yourself so that it can benefit your client to the best of their, to, so it's for the best of their experience mm -hmm. and they get the most out of it. So yeah, sort of like taking myself out of it and focusing the purpose purpose on the other person like what I'm going to give to them sort of like allows you to clear your head a little bit completely I couldn't agree more it, it's really the session is not about me in the first place it's never going right. to be it never should be the session is about that person and I think what's more important is making sure that you create a safe space and within that safe space is energy and good energy because people can really feel that. And I'm, I can't even imagine being in a treatment room on your side of things because that is so intimate. And I think what's more important, at least in my opinion, than, you know, reviewing <laughs> notes or whatever is mm -hmm. being able to get yourself into a good mood. Mm, yeah. I think that's really important. And for me, it's like, I need to listen to something that's going to make me laugh or is entertaining or, a song that I really love, something that's going to amp me up and put me in a really good mood. So I feel good mentally and physically going into the session. 100%. Whatever it is for you, like affirmations, meditation, mm -hmm. laughing, um, like a song that gets you feeling like hyped up, it, you know, everyone responds to different things, but I love that. And it's so much about getting yourself in that safe emotional place where you're able to be yourself. That's what it's about. Like your career, my career, anyone's career who wants to be successful, you, you've got to allow yourself to be yourself and mm -hmm. not, not get in your own way. It's so sad, especially amongst women, how, how much we do it. And it's like your client wants you to succeed. They 
want a great session with you. They believe in you. They wouldn't be there if they didn't. The person on the spa table wants, like has confidence in you and your hands and right. people are actually rooting for us. It's hard to believe sometimes. Yeah. So we better root for ourselves too. <laughs> Is there anything we didn't talk about you feel like would be helpful for anything, anyone listening? Is there a certain message you would like to pass on? If there is it was one thing, one health thing that everyone can do for themselves that's going to benefit sleep, anxiety, depression, inflammation, skin, mm. pretty much everything, it's your yes. stress. It's your stress level. Yes. So managing your stress level is, I believe, best thing you can do for yourself. And I know that is not easy to do right now. I get it. Mm -hmm. Every day we are living in this constant state of stress, but you owe it to yourself to find some techniques that work for you to help start to calm down your nervous system. Uh, The sympathetic nervous system has probably been so hyped up since March and We need to activate the parasympathetic nervous system to calm down the sympathetic nervous system. And ways to do that are things like meditation, yoga, light movement, creating actual space for yourself to remove yourself from outside noises, voices, screens, input, Mm -hmm. taking the time to really connect with yourself. And also really favorite easy way to do this is some deep belly breathing. So really relaxing. I know as women, I I have a tendency of doing this all the time. I'm constantly pulling in my lower belly. If you just really let yourself, let yourself loose, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Unbutton those jeans. Unbutton those jeans. Put on even stretchier pants. No. (laughs) And start to engage that lower belly breathing, that's going to help start to calm down your nervous system. So managing your stress is the number one thing you can do to help your health right now. It is so, so true, the stress aspect. And I think what you mentioned about the deep breathing is something we can all make time for. I mean, it doesn't have to be a long thing, right? Like somebody could in between clients or appointments, they could sort of step aside and do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and breath work is really a great thing to always be thinking about because it's so crazy how our bodies just do it for us. But when we bring some intention to it, that can really start to relax us. Thank you, Kaylee, so much for the insights. I feel like we could talk for Three more hours. I know. I, know. I didn't even talk about skincare, and I've had a very, very big skincare journey in the last year or so. So oh episode two. <laughs> okay, we would love to have you back and talk about skincare and your branding is something else we didn't get to touch on. But Kaylee has like one of the best models for branding I've ever seen. So. Go check her out, like everything from her Instagram to her website to her being, dare I say, TikTok famous. Like she's (laughs) 
got it down. It's incredible. And you're so authentic in yourself. And it's so much fun to watch you and look at your content. So I know we have so much more to talk about and we will. Where can people find you on social or if they want to have a session with you? So on social, you can find me at Your Best Feeling Forever and also at Kaylee Elise Mann. And then you can also find me at bestfeelingforever.com and reach out there. You know, call me, beat me if you want to reach me, Kim Possible (laughs) style. I am here for you. I cannot wait to talk to you. And also, if you are just curious about what the journey could look like for health coaching for you, or you just want to take a moment to be like, where even am I right now? Yeah. Please just hit me up. We'll set up a 30 minute session on me and we'll start talking about things. Um, I'm, I really genuinely mean it when I say I'm here for you. I really, really am. Thank you, Kaylee. I know everyone will be so receptive to that and I'm sure be reaching out to you. She's amazing. Please talk to her. Go stalk (laughs) her social. Her life is just like, you just have a light to you, Kaylee. And I'm so happy for you. And I think it's all just going to be amazing. And I wish you nothing but the absolute best. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and being so vulnerable and offering all of those amazing insights. You are the sweetest. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the kind words of support and the compliments. Um, I'm very actually bad at taking compliments. I'm going to try to just say thank you. (laughs) I am the same way. It's why is it so hard? I don't know. Uh, as women we are we are made to we always have to be humble about things and oh no no that's all bs like we're (laughs) being phenomenal and we need to own it step into our power and move forward with confidence thanks boo boo hit me with all the comps i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) exactly and when you believe in yourself All of the business, all of the success will follow, but it really does, I think, start with yourself. And if you're looking for a resource, Kaylee is your girl. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And I will talk to you in the next episode.